How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? Doing good, my friend. How are you? Doing well, Mike. I can't complain. It's Sunday. It's It's been a good day. We'll, we'll discuss it here in a little bit, but it's been a good day for Cowboys Nation, my friend. It really has. I, I would work uh, I would work on Sundays more if it meant Dallas had more <laughs> days like this. Absolutely. Well, Mike, I don't want to keep our guests waiting, so let's get into it, sir. Where can we find you on Twitter? At CD, uh, guys, nice and easy. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> no worries, man. Um, uh, yeah, as you can see right there, it's just at Tim Letero. Uh, thank Twitter, you, sir. All uh, social media. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, guys, it's it's everyone's favorite part of the season, draft season. And what better time to bring everyone's favorite series back, building the Cowboys. Just for those who are unfamiliar with the series, Mike and I bring on a guest to act as the GM of the Cowboys and build the Cowboys through the draft. And with us today is aspiring draft scout and player analyst for Cowboys Wire. He, he kind of gave you guys a sneak peek already. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tim Letero. Tim, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Yes, sir. Of course, man. It's a, it's an honor to have you on, brother. I've been, uh, you you were kind of like one of the early supporters of the show. You always yeah. uh, were were showing love, man. So it's really nice to have you on, dude. Appreciate it. Fellow again, Cowboys Wire, also fellow yes, Cowboys, sir. Cowboys Wire brethren here. Uh, Tim, I know you mentioned it earlier, but uh, again, remind the people they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, uh, at Tim Letero, just my name, uh, T I M L E T T I E R O. Yes, sir. Well, Tim, I, you know, I'm curious, uh, how how did you get into scouting? Honestly, my first introduction was really Madden back in the day. Um, (laughs) And I've always uh, enjoyed the draft, always kind of followed it as a kid growing up, but didn't really get into it until I saw like the whole team building aspect in Madden. Um, So that really piqued the interest and, you know, ended up getting me here. Very cool. You ever play the NFL coach one? Yeah, head coach. I actually have it. I, every great. once in a while, I'll pop it into the, the PS3 if it wants to turn on that day. So. <laughs> That's great, man. So when did this start? How long have you been doing uh, scouting the uh, prospects? I've been taking it seriously for probably three years or so now. Um, that's when I really started doing like, you know, reports and grading and all that type of stuff. But um, I've been following it for a while, especially the Cowboys. It's It's gross that that it took you three years to be this good. And I've been doing it like over 20. And I'm like looking up at Tim like, how the hell does he know that? Tim, I'm curious. And I know you're still early in your journey here, but when did uh, scouting players go from a hobby into a career? It all really happened in college. Um, I went to school for sports management, knowing I wanted to do something, uh, you know, in the the world of sports, um, specifically football. Um, and it honestly just took, a, you know, some poking around, some, you know, trying different things to, to find my, my, my niche in, in a sense. And, and I think I found, I found it was scouting. Very cool. So Cowboys Wire, fellow, uh, fellow Cowboys Wire alumni here. Uh, <laughs> how did you get started with uh, Cowboys Wire and, and when did that begin? How long have you been with us again? So this is actually, I'm actually going on my second year, uh, second draft year. Um, this April will be my second draft covering uh, Dallas for the Cowboys Wire. And I found it just through a, a random tweet from KD. Uh, shout out KD Drummond. Um, and yeah, he was just looking for volunteer writers. Um, I hit him up and he was like, yeah, let's you know see what you got. And it's grown into the role I have today. 
Hey, let me ask you, Paul, for you answer the next question. Did you have to do a hypothetical or did you get a real draft person? Did, did he give you it or did you pick one? You know, I don't actually remember. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. He had me, he asked me if I wanted to do draft coverage or specifically um, just like Cowboys coverage. I, and I said draft and he asked me, um, like, you know, like the common questions, like what are the biggest needs right now? What guys do you like? That type of thing. Just a little, like, just a little gauge of interest type deal. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. That's crazy. They, I did the news first and he told me Jerry Jones sold the, sold the team, write an article about it. And I said, okay, I could do that. And then, then got into draft afterwards, same as you, but yeah. I was seeing if you had something crazy like that in there. Yeah, that would have thrown me off. I wouldn't have known what to do with that. <laughs> That'd be a fun hypothetical story to write about, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It was it was fun. Right, so uh Tim, you know, I know you write for Cowboys Wire. I see the shirt with, with the logo there, but uh, you know, I, I hate to assume, but are you a Cowboys fan? Yeah, lifelong, man. Um, I get it from my dad. Uh, he actually we live in New England, so he grew up uh, in a Giants household, ironically. Enough. Oh, but okay. um, he fell in love with Roger Staubach growing up, and you know wow. he just had to pass it down to me. Of course, absolutely, yeah. man. Easy, easy guy to fall in love with, Staubach. Exactly. Uh, so, given all the off-season moves you've seen Dallas make right now, uh, what's the top five needs on the Cowboys currently? Ooh, well, I think at five. Um, I'll have to still say corner. Um, okay. I mean, getting Gilmore, amazing get. I think he shores up this that secondary for this season, potentially making it one of the best in the league. Um, <laughs> um, but I would still like a, a developmental guy. Um, take over for him long term as the other outside guy. Let Bland do his work in the slot. Um, at four, I would probably say edge. Um, I would like to kind of get another like Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams type, let Micah get some rest, get some other positions. Um, and then I do think we have to start looking at the, the long-term heir to Demarcus Lawrence on that left side. Um, and then your, your top three, it's kind of just however you want to rank it. Um, yeah. Obviously, we saw the news with Brandon Cooks today. Beautiful get, fits the team perfectly. But again, similar to Gilmore, it's a short-term kind of um you know get you want to look long term we don't know what we really have in Gallup right now he's still kind of a question mark so wide receivers definitely up there um offensive line kind of similar again with you know the questions around Tyron Smith and his health and that type of thing is are they going to play uh, Tyler Smith uh long term at guard or tackle um so addressing that and just general depth um, and then my personal biggest need, especially after today, is uh, interior defensive line. Um, mm -hmm. The rise of Osa Digizua has been fantastic. But, um, you know, outside of him, we just saw, you know, uh, the vet Hankins, Jonathan Hankins, really come in and do some work. But, you know, he's 32, I believe, and he's still a free agent, and the class isn't too great. So, you know, definitely some work to be done there. Bring back Hankins. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, Tim, you mentioned Osa, uh, Osa there. A lot of people still think that defensive tackle is a, is a position that could be in need of an upgrade. 
What, what are your thoughts? What, what position do you think is in need of an upgrade? I think the only ones currently, especially after, especially after the two trades we've seen, I think defensive tackle and then probably offensive line are the, the top two. Um, offensive line's a bit tricky because, you know, like I said, their, their plan is still isn't completely fleshed out from what we've seen. Yeah. They could go in a couple different directions. Um, and then, you know, like I was saying, uh, defensive tackle needs some, some help and even, you know, just defensive line in general, yeah. get some rotational edge pieces, you know? So I think those are the trenches is really, really, really where we need to, to get some upgrades going. Yeah, what's amazing about and and uh, little uh, spoiler alert here because of work and everything, it's not the same where I don't know the draft ahead of time. I I asked for this. I was like, please give me the just in case so I can make sure I know everybody and everything. I don't look absolutely awful. But um, the fact that you pulled off the draft you did before knowing about Cooks at least. Mm. You guys are gonna you guys are gonna have some fun with this draft. Uh sorry. Uh who's your favorite player you've scouted so far? I'd say my favorite player to scout in this class was, and this might be a little bit of a rogue one, um, but Devon Achan, oh. uh, back from uh Texas AM. Nice. He was he's he's a real small, compact guy, but runs with so much just power, but and then still has the finesse. You know, the speed is obviously outrageous. I think he's got a lot of upside as a pass catcher. Um, he obviously isn't the ideal guy in um, short yardage situations. But, I mean, in the modern-day NFL, I think he would be just a fantastic get for almost any team. Add some juice, add some rece- uh, receiving ability. Um, and I really like what he does. Do you think he makes it to 58? And if he was there, would you take him? I do think he makes it to 58, but uh, with the other positions I'd like to address, um, I probably would skip out on him unless he was by far the the best player available. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you, you know, you mentioned your favorite player you've scouted, Tim. Is there a rookie prospect you feel is overrated? Ooh, you know, this might be a little bit of a controversial one. Um, but I feel like there's a couple guys in this tight end class getting a, a bit more love than, you know, I, I'd like to give them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd probably say specifically the guys like Kincaid. Oh, um, Dalton Kincaid. Wow. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'd also throw probably Luke Musgrave in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of come off as just like these Dalton Schultz type skill set guys. And don't get me wrong. That's a great skill set to have. But. For me personally, I need a little bit extra from my tight end. I love the receiving threat, the plus athleticism, but they're just not bringing that that kind of little little bit of an X factor to me. And you know, the first round's super rich in my opinion. Second round, we're having a conversation, but I think my, the first round's a little rich for me. What What are your thoughts on the first round tight ends? Do, do you yeah. love them all like most most analysts, or yeah. or do you have kind of similar feelings to Tim? I am okay with um I I actually like Kincaid. I I like him as a a a like a um guy you'd put in the slot, you know, type third wide receiver, not as much in line obviously. And then I'm I'm a Washington guy. The reason I like Washington is because if Dallas is going to play the way that none of us want him to play, like efficiency-wise, we're like, "No, you're playing it wrong." But if they're going to do that, making your tight end an incredible blocker that still has the upside to receive. I like that. Um, I would not get Mayer. 
I think Musgrave is a second round. Laporta is a second round. Um, and I feel like I'm missing one other guy, but I'm, I'm blanking on who it is. But I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be pissed if they drafted Kincaid at 26. And I honestly wouldn't. I would love to have the the blocker of, of just for if I was any other team except for like Tennessee, Dallas, San Francisco, those types that are like we're gonna run the ball. Like we don't care about your efficiency. I might be upset, but I don't care if they take him there because I I understand their thinking. And then you just have to hope they develop them, which I don't know. Yeah. So uh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Me, uh, I, I was too busy thinking about Kincaid. I was like, man, I, I don't know. I like Kincaid. Who's your <laughs> pet cat, Tim? Pet cat. It's got to be Christian Gonzalez, a uh, cornerback from Oregon. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was one of the first players I got to look at this year because, uh, obviously, you know, when I started in probably, you know, the summer, early fall, I was looking at corners. I knew that we needed to address the second corner position. This was before even, you know, Deron Bland became who he is. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, who are the corners in this class? And I first guy I watched was Gonzalez, and he blew me away. And especially the one, the, the thing I really want to point out for him was his development. When he was at Colorado, he, you know, he looked like a, a just your average guy. But then he transferred, developed his game, developed the amazing ball skills that we've seen, just the sticky man, the fluid hips. Yeah, he's just he's got everything I want from a, a starting outside corner. Can I ask you a question about a, another cornerback, Tim? DJ Turner out of Michigan. What are your thoughts on him? He's he's definitely my type of corner. I love yeah. a, a nice sticky man corner. Super good athlete. I mean, we saw what he did at the combine. Um, got some questions about him in zone. And, you know, for Dallas, um, I don't think he's really a fit. He doesn't really have the length, the height that, you know, Dan no. Quinn loves. Um, but I think he he – profiles as the type of guy I want opposite Diggs, somebody to just shut down, let make them throw to Diggs' side, let Diggs get the picks, you know, go back to 2021 defense where we're just like causing havoc. Absolutely. Does your does your pet cat fit Dallas's standards at corner? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's got the length, he's got the speed, he's got the the crazy athleticism. I mean, he jumped out of the building. It's just He'll, I, honestly, he's a top five player for me, and I would be surprised if he dropped like to ten. And if he did, I would trade up for him. Yeah, oh, he's really a top well. ten for me as well. Yeah. All right, guys. The moment everybody's been waiting for. We're here for the mock draft, and we're going to start off with your first round pick, Tim. And uh, talk to us a little bit about your guy, uh, your your first round pick here. Yeah. So I went with uh, Mazzy Smith out of uh, Michigan. Um, he's this just barrel chested. I, I saw that celebration, Mike. <laughs> uh, I, he's just this barrel chested, super athletic nose tackle with some really, really good pass rushing upside. Um, and, and like Mike allu- alluded to earlier, uh, I did this before the, uh, Brandon Cooks news drop. So, you know, I didn't like the crop of receivers there. I was really happy addressing probably the biggest need, but also getting a great player day one with a lot, lot of upside. Absolutely. So, 
uh, Tim, let me ask you: Did did you draft for need, or did you did you feel like you took the best player available at that at that spot? It was definitely more needs based. Okay. Um, but I would definitely say that the the positional value, um, and and in terms of big board, uh, Smith is definitely high on mine. So I don't think twenty six was a reach. Um, but he also de- was definitely was not the uh, best player available. Oh, okay, I got you, my, Mike. I know you love Mizey Smith, and even at twenty six. But you know, looking how this offseason has gone, is that you know, would you still make that pick, or what are your thoughts on that pick? Who who are you talking to, Paul? <laughs> would I pick? Yeah, Mister Friggin. I've been begging for one techniques. I'm so happy they got Hankins. Like it made me like legitimately joyful that they got a real legit. And that's what what Maz, what makes Mazzy Smith is. That's what he is. He to, the the honest truth of what he does is he's a Hankins. The thing that's crazy about him is that he could play three technique if if he's developed. He was number one on the freaks list last year because he's enormous. He's like almost three hundred forty pounds, and his scouting his his numbers his athletic numbers are unbelievable. Like. They're crazy. So if you get Art, uh, uh, not what do I call him, Arden Key. Arden Key is the defensive end. What's our boy's name? British boy, uh, uh, the defensive line coach. It is Arden. I forgot. Uh, yeah, it's Arden. I just always call him Arden Key. I don't know why the Raiders. Darden. Darden. Is it? Yeah. Darden? Yes. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He, him, and Quinn, who's a defensive line specialist. That's his main thing. Getting their hands on. Smith, I'll I'll cry if that's I might cry. I might start the podcast by myself and just cry on air if they pick him at 26. <laughs> All right. Well, Tim, I think it's safe to say Mike Mike likes that first round pick. <laughs> Let's move on to your second round pick. Talk just a little bit about the player you chose there. Yeah, so I went with uh Steve Avila, the uh guard from TCU. Also played a little bit of center, which um I really like the positional versatility along the offensive line. Um, I think he's a better guard than center. Um, and I think he's also a better pass blocker than he gets credit for. He's, you know, another great athlete, another big, strong dude. And I think if he loses a little bit of weight, because um, I think I believe he's listed around 330 right now, if he drops to like 320, gets some quicker feet, I think he could be a real menace and a real um, balanced guy. He would bring a lot to the run game day one, but I think he could also become a, a very good pass blocker. Well, we know that guard is a need, Tim, but did you feel like, again, did you draft for need, or was Steve Avila the, the best player available at, at pick 58? I would say similar to, to Mazzy Smith. He was, um, you know, definitely up there on, on the best players available, um, but, you know, fits just slides right in um, to where Dallas needs help, you know. Um, again, like I mentioned with the positional versatility, you're getting kind of a couple, couple different guys in one, you know what I mean? So um, I think the value is definitely there. Mike, what are your thoughts on that pick? I think I would, I would, honest to God, not be shocked if that's our pick at twenty six. Mm, it wow, it okay. would not shock me. He, he not only solidifies protection if Tyron Smith goes out, Tyler moves the left tackle, he moves in to start. But if Biotish goes next year, or if they just decide we need to get bigger at center, Steve Avila is a big boy. He's a especially guard. Okay, guard, guard. He's about where you want to be, but for a center, he's he's a big dude. So um, I I love that pick. I if he man, if those are our first two picks, I I am 
Like when I seen this, I was like, Tim listens to the show. He's fishing for an A plus. <laughs> like legitimately, though you you couldn't get me a better two picks than that. I just don't. I don't think there's could Avila stay till fifty eight. Like that's the thing. So, you know, I want. I do want to mention this while I was doing the draft. I actually had to do it a couple times because it was just getting too easy. You know, it, like there were guys making it to certain picks, and I was like, "This is never gonna happen." I got to keep yeah. it at least a little realistic. The I do CDM. think he could slide, but fifty-eight might be a little rich. It might take a little bit of a trade-up. But like you said, he could easily go in the the latter half of the first. Uh, I, I, I honestly, God, I would not be. I wouldn't be like, "What?" If they picked him at twenty-six, I'd be like, "Good pick." Yeah. He's a good player. He's a second-round grade for me. He fills an enormous need at at inside offensive line because you can't trust either tackle right now and the left tackle you especially cannot trust the right tackle you don't know how he's going to be and you have tyler smith who's like all right where am i going to play you know if you get a vila you're you're sitting there going okay no matter what if we end up next year being tyler smith and a vila is our left side you're pretty good you're pretty happy about that all right let's move on to your third round pick uh tim talk to us about that player you took there so against my better judgment, I went with Eli Ricks here, cornerback um, mm. from Bama. Uh, this personally wasn't my favorite pick. Um, Garrett Williams, the corner from Syracuse, was still on the board, and that's probably who I would have preferred. But like we were talking earlier, uh, like Paul mentioned with uh, DJ Turner, you know, Cowboys have a very, very specific cornerback that they like. Um, they like their tall, lengthy guys, can play zone, and, and Ricks is that. You know, there's a a nice athletic profile there, too. Um, And and there's a lot of uh, work to do with him. He's very raw still. But um, this is I I could see this guy just being a a Dan Quinn, just like masterpiece. You know, once he gets his hands on him, gets him doing exactly what he wants him to, you know, and, and they've already showed interest. You know what I mean? So this one was just written in the stars for me. Sounds like he drafted him out of spite, Tim. Yeah, I still like him. I like him. Not at third. I I would have taken him in the fourth, but you know this. I had to go full Cowboys with this one. Uh, I've heard. I can't remember where it was on a podcast. I believe it was Brian Broaddus who said that Ricks is a, actually a, he likes him quite a bit, but for whatever reason, the Alabama coaching staff isn't doing him a lot of favors as far as you know talking about how good he is or you know um, kind of uh, making teams interested in, in taking him at the, in the draft, which I found kind of weird. Yeah. If I, if I remember right, he didn't, he, um, I can't remember if it was injured or what, but I don't think he started, but like half the games or three, like it took him a while to take over the, the starting spot. God, I need to check my notes. I think that was Rick's. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that, was. that was the one negative. I'm like, how come he's not starting here? You know, yeah, there was a lot of inconsistencies with, you know, how much game time he got. I mean, obviously the, the transfer. So, you know, he, he probably didn't have the ideal college career, but as a, as a profile, there's still some stuff to work with. Yeah. yeah. Mike, what are your thoughts on that pick? I, I, I think he's absolutely right. There's two cornerbacks that if you made me bet money on a pick uh, uh, in round three, four, uh, and they made it, I would say either Eli Ricks or Jules, Ju- Julius Brent. Yeah. They are built. They are they are cowboys built and Dan Quinn built even more. Like they fit cowboys for the last 10 years, but they fit Dan Quinn like a T. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Brandon Browner. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And, and they have a lot of athletic, you know, athleticism for how big they are. Like Eli Ricks moves yeah. pretty damn good for being that size. It, it, it kind of blows your mind. So if you, if you're giving them Dan Quinn, that type of person to mold, you love it. You just wish you knew you had Dan Quinn for three years. You, exactly. you know what I mean? Cause if you did, you'd be like, shit, run that, run that thing up in the third round, but not knowing if he's going to be here next year. It's like, okay, what if you get him, you, you know, work with them and then you have a new coordinator, which we know Dallas still wants these types and will McClay wants these types, but will the new guy be able to mold them the way you trust Quinn to? Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like I will, I trust Dan Quinn with my life. That guy has <laughs> turned around one of the worst defenses I think we've ever seen into one of the best. I mean, like what he's been able to do and, you know, obviously there's inconsistencies here and there and, you know, your issues, but he like, he's just been so good at defensive coordinator. And I don't think he gets enough praise, even though he does get a lot of love from our fan base. And he, he doesn't get enough. Cause like, dude, he had like everybody get people don't understand. This guy took a, I'm from Fresno. When we drafted Deron Bland, I said, oh, he's going to make our team because he's a special teams ace. That's what he does. And in a couple years, he has the size and stuff to build into a corner. And this fool took it from Fresno State. We don't have a lot of guys here. And he took him and he's like, no, this guy's not only good to play outside. We'll just move him into the slot, which he never really did. He, he is an outside guy and a special teams ace, and they turn him into a starting guy where you're sitting there next year in his second year and going, yeah, him and Diggs are good. Who else we got? Yeah. Oh, Gilmore, beautiful. Like, mind-blowing. This freaking crazy. Yeah, went from some guy who might be a, a, a fifth corner to maybe like a safety move to a special teams guy to you're locked in nickel for the next three years. That's crazy. That Insane. blows my mind. I watched every snap of Deron Bland, and and I was like, "Damn, we got a special teams kit." Like my honest thing was, he's going to replace CJ Goodwin. That's yeah, what yeah. I, when we drafted him, I was like, "No matter what, he'll replace CJ Goodwin." And whatever they develop him into as a corner, great. And he made me look stupid, and I'm one of his biggest fans. All right, Tim, uh, I think it's safe to say Mike is happy with that third-round pick. Talk to us about your, your fourth and final pick here. Yeah, so I went with uh, Isaiah McGuire, um, the edge rusher. And, you know, as I mentioned kind of briefly earlier um, when we were talking about biggest needs, uh, I, I'm looking for an edge that could either take some weight off Parsons or look to be a long-term replacement for um, Demarcus Lawrence. And I think I found the long-term replacement in McGuire. You know, he's a name that got a little bit of hype at the beginning of the cycle, but has definitely cooled off since. Um, but I, he's got good size. Um, he's, he's a strong, but also got some some good quickness to him. Got a good first step. Um, does he make it to the fourth? I'm not quite sure. He seems, you know, like a, a two or three guy to me, but I, I couldn't help but take him. I love this guy. Mike, what are your thoughts on that pick? Yeah, I, I 100% agree that he's likely a day two pick. If he's if you get him in the fourth round, you're you you are uh, anchorman with the full on erection going <laughs> for sure. Um, the thing that's that the thing that's funny about about what Tim says is is when Demarcus Lawrence was drafted, he was a he was drafted as a edge rusher, yeah. but he had this frame and he kind of developed his body into a run stopper. 
And that's what I feel about Isaiah McGuire. Like his body and his strength scream run stopper, but he was inconsistent. He was, he was good, but he was inconsistent at it at uh, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Missouri. And so you, you watch his game and the way he pass rushes, he's got a good, he's got a good get off. And then he'd like eat you up with a bull rush, you know? And if he got his hand, his hands were inconsistent, but if he got his hands on you, he would move you. And then in the run, there'd be downs where like a down blocker would knock him down. You're like, no, that ain't right. So if you, if, if you get his frame developed in a pro, uh, uh, you know, weight room, he, he's not lying. Like tank is a good at his best tank is a good comp for Isaiah McGuire. Like it it really fits really well. Exactly. And if you want to improve his run stopping, who who's better at it? I mean, Demarcus Lawrence has been one of, if not the best edge run stopper in the league for the past five, six years, if not more. I mean, He's definitely the guy to to teach somebody how to you know stop the the run a bit. And it, and is there's downs where he looks like Tank. To be clear, people, this exactly. isn't an edge that can't stop the run. This is an edge that stops the run two plays dead, and then one play is like, eh, and then one play gets blown out, and you're like, nah, you 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 know, I seen you just kill a guy. Like you should be able to. So it's like getting that consistency in that body where he. There's just no doubt that you're just not going to run to his side. And he he has the ability to become that. All right. So, it's you know, we're going to pull up Tim's draft here, look at all four picks here. Uh, pick 26, Mozzie Smith. Pick 58, Steve Avila. Round three, pick 90, Eli Ricks. Round four, pick 129, Isaiah McGuire. You look at this draft, it's pretty defense-influenced here, Steve, uh, Tim. I know you said you had to do this draft a few times to kind of be more realistic, but going into it, were you trying to build the defense or did you have a a, a mindset as far as what you were wanting to do in this draft? Yeah, there were definitely some some positions I wanted to target. Um, I definitely wanted to get um, some interior defensive line help, um, definitely some edge help, um, definitely a corner, a developmental corner, and then kind of just whoever else was there, whether it be a receiver, um, a a tight end, uh, you know, and I I really like what I did here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm curious. I know we brought back Leighton Vander Ash. We have Damone Clark and, of course, Jabril Cox. But what are your thoughts on linebacker? Did you was there a point in time in the shop where you said, man, maybe I should try to add some depth there? Yeah, there there were a couple. And I know Dallas has, um, you know, been pretty in tune with a couple linebackers from this class. But I feel like linebacker, there's I, – I like some of the guys we have. Um, I want to see some more from Clark. Um, I was a big fan of, of uh, Jabril Clark, uh, Cox, um, and I want to see what he can do too. I, w- I really want them to give him like a real shot at it, and I, I hope he stays healthy. Um, and I do think they would uh, benefit some from some um, veteran help. And I, it may, whether it's – I don't know if it will be a Bobby Wagner. Um but just a, a a guy like a Joe Thomas from a couple of years back, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just a, a solid all around guy. Doesn't need to be a game breaker. Um, could just relieve uh, LVE a little bit, you know. Play beside him, teach Clark a couple things, you know, that type of guy. Yeah, um, you know, credit to the guys on the draft show. They're they're not really fond of this linebacker class. You know, do you echo those sentiments? Or what are your thoughts on the linebacker class? I think it's a heavy, heavy day two draft. 
Um, I'd say probably the only guy I would really consider in the first is probably Trenton Simpson. Uh, I love his versatility. He's a great athlete. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely a heavy day two guy. I could see probably seven, eight guys going in, in just round two alone, to be honest. There's there's a lot of names out there that all do a couple different things. You got um, the, the Sewell, Henry. Um, who else is there? Jack Campbell. Uh, the kid Jack from Campbell. Iowa. Oh, he could go first too. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of guy in probably, I'd say like pick 25 to probably 70 range. I could see seven or eight linebackers going there. All right, Tim, here you are with the moment of truth. We're going to put you through the pigs draft grade gauntlet here. All right, Mike, first off, did we feel needs? Oh, I, yeah, I'd say so. Our two biggest needs right now are, are one technique. Because even if you get Hankins, you know, he's older. He had an injury last year, you know, so I have I have no issue there getting another one technique. Uh and in and the offensive line, and especially if you can get an inside offensive line, because it allows Tyler Smith to now be your your swing tackle if Tyron is able to play, you know. And then uh, and then center could be a need, you know. Draft isn't just about this year. Yeah. Um. And speaking of which, Eli Ricks, maybe Stefan Gilmore moves on next year. Bland your slot. Uh. uh digs your outside. If you develop Ricks right he steps right in to be your outside guy and you have a young and, and he kind of, you know, Diggs going to get paid so that Gilmore money transfers over to Diggs plus a little, but then you have bland on the cheap Rick's on the cheap. Yeah. That that's a way to play it. So I love that. And then about developmental edge, especially if you can give them a year or two with tank to teach him. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's a pretty flawless draft, man. It's, it's, oh, Great That's stuff. a nice word, flawless, man. I'm not sure we've, I'm not oh. sure pigs that Mike's use that word on another mock draft we've done in the series, Tim. So be glad about that. Uh, in your opinion, Mike, what what positions still need to be addressed? Uh, I, we just talked about it. Linebacker depth, yeah. I would think, is one. Uh, I have no problem getting one after the fourth round, though. That, that's no big deal. Um, you know, if he told me that you switched out Eli Ricks and got Sewell. You know, I'd be like, okay, linebacker, but I, I believe cornerback's such a more valuable position that, uh, you know, I would be like, you know, eh, do you want to wait that long on cornerback? Are we going to hit on another Noah Bland in the fifth? Probably right to wait on linebacker. And then tight end, possibly. But if you're going to do that, we all love Ferg. Hell, Kelsey put Jason Ferguson or uh, Jake, Jake Ferguson in his like up and coming tight ends. This is Travis Kelsey. It was the first name out of his mouth. So, you know, we may not need one. We have three good young guys. It's just, if you're going to get one, you want to get one early, like a game breaker type, one of the first two rounds. So I would say those two linebacker depth, possibly a tight end. How would you feel if, you know, I'll ask both you, Tim and Mike, I'll start with you, Mike. How would you feel if the Cowboys double dip that offensive line? Uh, you, you'll never get me to – you watch the XFL? The problem ain't quarterback or defense or anything. Nobody can block. So yeah. go ahead. I don't mind. Tim, what, what what about you? You know, we've got the injury with Steele, of course, Tyron's age, and not knowing what's going to happen with Fletcher Cox and, of course, Tyler Biotis being a free agent. Would you be okay with uh, Dallas double-dipping at the offensive line? Yeah, I'm, I'm fully on the build the trenches hype train. I mean, it, like it, like Mike just said, you, that's where you win the games. You know right, what I mean? Right. 
whether that means Dallas wants to get two guards to a center and a tackle, you know, however they want to address it, I'm fine with, especially with, you know, our key guys getting older. Uh, like we, we talk about Tyron Smith, but I don't know how many more years Zach Martin's got, you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly, He's getting yeah. up there, losing him is going to be an absolute heartbreak. Mm, yeah. um, but, you know, there, it's, it's time that we, you know, we don't necessarily move on, but we try to start rebuilding from that elite 20, you know, 16 to 2019 run with all of those great guys. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I would be so down to get some key pieces, let them learn from these amazing players um, and start building a new, you know, like offensive line, you know, enigma. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How, how about, how about Steve Avila or, or John Michael Smith at 58? And then like in the fifth round, just draft Voorhees. Just try, you know, ACL tear, you know, he's going to drop like Damone Clark. Oh, oh my God. That would be pretty amazing, man, to, to get a, another fifth round still like that, man. That would that would be a draft winner in my book. Okay, uh, back to your grade here, Mike. Is this a realistic Cowboys-type draft? All right, now here where, here's where we have the issue. <laughs> yeah. It's that first pick. Me? I, I, you, I would float. I would Red Bull float up to the podium to get Madison Smith. Will Dallas? I don't know. They, they, the thing about it is it's no longer where I, will I go, Tim, what'd you even put that on there for? You know, it's not going to happen. Cause I, I used to do that when people would send me their mock drafts. I'm like, why are you even taking this five, nine Zay flowers? Nope. I don't even need to look at the rest of the draft. Mazzy Smith. Don't even need to. These guys have been drafting one techniques. Now which they never did under McClay. They've drafted defensive tackles in the third round twice. They went and traded for Hankins. Like, they know that Dan Quinn wants a guy like this. And the one Dallas thing that, that I would say, like, the Joneses want, hey, if we're going to do this guy, I don't want to take him off the field. This could be that one. This could be that one-one technique that they look at and go, dude, look at his frigging cone at 337. You know, so... I, I, I'm not going to say that it, that that pick is realistic because we have to see it first, but it's now finally possible. It's now like, well, when it, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, they did it. I would be like, they're getting smart. Our, our front office is getting smart. And I love that it's, that that's possible. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. When, there, man. when you look at the moves that we've made this off season, you know, bringing back, uh, Donovan Wilson, bringing back LVE, and then trading for Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks. Of course, those those trades that we made are are kind of Cowboys-esque, but re-signing LVE and Donovan Smith, that was a shock to all of us. I mean, do, are you encouraged that, you know, maybe, like you said, uh, Mike, that our front office is getting smarter and maybe they're realizing, hey, we can go all in. We've got enough good enough team that we can't rely solely on the draft that we've got to make be active in free agency as well. I'll, I'll tell you this. It, these trades are not like they've done before. And I'm going to explain why. One, the the Stefan Gilmore makes $10 million a year. They did this trade in the first week. The closest thing we had to that was Robert Quinn. That was yeah. not the first week of free agency. Right. You know, they went and got him and paid him seven and a half to eight million. Gilmore was almost 10. Then they doubled that by getting Cooks and even take the six million off. He was 12 million. Mm-hmm. This this is not like the front office has been before. And don't let people like Dan Rogers, who I just got blocked by, don't let him fool you 
into thinking, oh, this is the same. No, it is not. They, yeah. They've never paid a safety over $5 million since, like, friggin' Darren Woods and Roy Williams. They just paid a guy eight, basically, six and a half with guarantees, but up to eight if he plays the whole thing. So I don't know what you think, Tim, but I think this is a big difference in this offseason from the offseason since Brandon Carr, basically. Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head, man. Like, to, to think that something like this was just – completely out of the question and now it's in the realm of possibility is is such a nice feeling to have that's great <laughs> and like somebody like Mazzy smith i mean you know as, as you alluded to like they understand where the weaknesses on this roster are and they're they've shown that while they're not going to to spend a lot of capital to get it i i think they're they know the you know the quality of players now and um specifically at defensive tackle and, and one tech you know, there's not really that many guys in this class. Um, and and by far, Mazzy Smith has the most three down upside. Um, and that that's really what contributed probably the most to making him a first round selection. Um, you know, he has the ability in the future to, you know, be a three down guy next to Osa for the foreseeable future. And I don't think they necessarily get that on in the in the later rounds. So it's possible, man. It's possible. There, there is a there is a chance that you could go into games against teams like Tennessee, Minnesota, Niners like to run and run Mazzy Smith at three tech and Hankins at one tech. Just say y'all, y'all are going to the edge. Period. You're running to the edge. That is what you will do because you're not getting in here. All right, Mike. I know Tim tickled your ear a bit with that with Mazzy Smith at pick twenty six. But what's your final grade for Tim's draft? Take a wild guess at what I'm grading this draft, Tim. A plus plus. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and I understand that some people, oh, the the one techniques, only certain amount of plays, and, and then offensive line, we need another pass catcher for the future. Yet no, I don't want to hear that. That ain't where I, where where you win, especially if you want to play the Cowboys way. D line, O line. You want to win? Here comes Eagles offensive line. You, you better be able to handle them. Here comes Washington's bad offensive line. Better be able to kill them. Here comes Washington's great defensive line. Going to be able to stop them. So just in our division alone, how about the Giants defensive line? Here, here you go. You better be ready. So, yeah, you, you win in the trenches in the NFC East. So give me the one text and the inside offensive lineman, and you could take your positional value stuff and shove it because we're making moves in free agency now. We got the wide receiver and the cornerback. Let's go. Let's go. What interesting about this draft is that it's not a sexy draft, but you feel no you feel needs while also getting better and then preparing for the future. So it's not often that a that a draft will do that. That's why it, that's why it hits here. Because I'm not sexy. I'm not a sexy guy either. But you got to be able to get the job done. And this draft will get the job that nobody will care where you picked or value or did you get the did, did, did. the the minute he comes in and you're doing what you, you're doing your job on the field and you're helping get wins, that's this draft. This draft helps you get wins. Period. Absolutely. All right, Tim, we're going to do a special edition of One Word. It's going to be our first ever guest one word. Ooh. I want you to fill in the blank here. 
you're feeling blank about the Cowboys heading into the draft. I hate to say it, but hopeful. Oh, I like that. That's good, man. I like that. That's nice. That's and a it's good true, man. I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah, I get scared using that word with Dallas, but for once, I actually feel relatively comfortable. I uh, I put down satisfied. Oh, okay. I was like, because I'm sitting there going, I'm I'm satisfied here. Going into the draft, I look around and go, we, we don't we don't have anything crazy. Our first three picks could be used on whatever to help the team. And I would be, I would be happy as long as they were nothing, you know, they just don't get stupid. That's all. I think for everyone who stopped drinking the Cowboys Kool-Aid, they might start asking for a refill here pretty soon in a couple of weeks, man, <laughs> with, with the way this off season's gone. So it's been an exciting off season, man. We're only in week two and here we are talking about the Cowboys, big, big moves. We don't, we haven't had an off season like this in a long time, guys. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Tim, man, thank you so much for coming on, man. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. Anytime. Yes, sir. All right. Well, before we get you out of here, Tim, remind the people where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, uh, at Tim Letero, T-I-M-L-E-T-T-I-E-R-O. Guys, uh, Mike, remind the people that can find you on Twitter, sir. Hey, Tim, uh, make sure to check out Tim's work on Cowboys Wire. The guy's a hell of a draft guy. He's a beast, so make sure to check it out. It's a great hire by KD. Way to go, boss. At CD Piglet and... Just so y'all know, I'm going to Disneyland Wednesday, so we will not have a show with me on it. I won't be back till the following Monday, so I'm I'm taking a vacay. All right, guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan15. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Paul just found out. He just remembered.